Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the JT The Brick Show with Tom Looney on Fox Sports Radio. Out of the gate, JT and Looney. All Good right. to have you tonight. Coming off the weekend. Oh, what a busy weekend. Oh, we got a loaded, absolutely loaded up, fired up show for you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for the free Ray quote. Uh, Cranky Yankee is looming in the uh-huh. Bronx as the Mets and Jason Smith are hitting home run after home run. And, uh, Tom, I'll start off with a little hello to you. Hi. And how was your weekend? And good to have you back. Uh, good to have you back. And uh, nice to see you on TV with the Raiders on Friday night. Good stuff. 
Well, that's a good way to start the show as we get rolling because no one, no one on planet Earth was as close as I was to Marshawn Lynch sitting on a cooler for the National Anthem. And we'll get to <laughs> Michael Bennett and we'll tie this all up because I was right there. A little oh. backstory on this for okay. our new audience. In the preseason, I'm the TV sideline reporter for the Raiders. Been with the Raiders 19 years and this was our first preseason television broadcast on the road in Arizona. So... Again, there's not a lot to tell, but when the broadcast opens up at 7 o'clock, right at the top of 7 o'clock, live, that's during the anthem. So we pre-record, Tom, the open right. about six or seven minutes before the start of the game. And you are featured in the open. Yeah, it's you. so they come yeah. to me and, you know, live from Phoenix, here we go, and I open it up. So as soon as I was done with the open, I took the microphone, I held it, and I went right to the line, the out-of-bounds line, the sideline, and stood for the national anthem. Okay. And boom, the game starts. Here goes the national anthem. I don't even look left. I don't look right. All right, so this is, I'm going to tie this up. It's going to be interesting. That's a great story. Tom, I think to you. So I'm standing there, and the anthem's going. Well, I've always sat there. I've patted myself on the back. Applause, please. I'm the king of the anthem, right? Oh, yeah. John Snow is the king of the north. Right. right. He's the king of the north. He might be king of the Iron Throne. I'm the king of the national anthem. I like that title. Oh, yes. And I, you I like puppies, too. I got Yeah, I like puppies yes. and things like that. So I'm the king of the anthem. So I'm standing there during the anthem, and I didn't have a hat on, so I didn't have to take it off. If I did, I would have took my hat off. I had my hand over my heart where I have it placed all the time, and I actually sing. The microphone was turned off, but I was singing the anthem. So I didn't look four feet away or six feet away, and there's Marshawn. Didn't know if he started on the cooler and got up. It was confusion. Also, you'd be proud of me, Tom, I turned my phone off during the game. Oh, great. Because my dad or my sisters or someone can call, and I can't have my phone on. So my phone's off. We go to halftime. We do a live halftime feature. My phone's off. The game is over. I wrap up the broadcast. Good night, everybody, from Arizona, and I walk across. Cross the field, and I get to the Raiders' locker room, and there's boom. Everybody is there. So Ed Graney, the great columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, comes up to me. He goes, JT, do, do you know this story? What do you think? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, reports are Marshawn was sitting during the anthem. I go, I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. No. My phone's been off. He goes, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, well. Get ready. All of a sudden, Jack Del Rio walks by us. I go into Jack Del Rio's press conference when the locker room doors open, and Jack Del Rio said this to the oversized media that was waiting for him. Talk to Marshawn and make sure we're on the same page. He said, uh, this is something I've done for 11 years. It's not a, a form of anything other than me being myself. I said, okay. I said, so you understand how I feel. I, I very strongly believe in standing for the national anthem, but I'm going to respect you as a man. You do your thing, okay? And we'll do ours. So that's a non-issue for me. So that's Jack Del Rio. So Looney, right at that moment after he says that, I don't have I don't have a deadline. I'm not writing a column. Right. So I leave I leave part of that press conference. I go into the Raider locker room to get grab my bag to get on the bus and the team charter to fly home with the team. And Marshawn walks out. No one sees him. Walks out. He wasn't hiding from anybody. He just doesn't talk, as you know. Marshawn right. Lynch doesn't talk to the media. We'll get to Michael Bennett coming up here in a minute. Marshawn Lynch leaves. Next thing you know, everybody's talking about this. This to me is a really easy topic for me. It's very. 
difficult for other people mm -hmm. who are confused by this. I'll say this for the 1,000th time since Colin Kaepernick. I love the national anthem. I tie it to the military. I never served this country. Mm -hmm. uh, my father never served this country in that regards on a combat field. I tie personally, JT, I tie the anthem to the military. I love the anthem. I sing it all the time. If there's one person who takes a knee, if there's six, if there's 50, if Tom Brady does, if Marshawn Lynch does, whoever it is, I have the same comment for all of them, everyone in every sport. You have the right to protest in this country. That is your God-given constitutional right. I respect everyone's opportunity to protest. I would never, under any circumstance, protest a flag. Never will. Right. Never happen. And again, I'd like to finish. I will never, never change my mind on this issue. This is the way I was brought up. There are things in my life that I could protest. My kids could protest. I could in the next five years. I don't know. There could be any issue politically that has me so riled up. I could see myself. I don't know what that issue is going out and protesting. But I wouldn't do it at work. I wouldn't do it behind this microphone at my job at Fox Sports Radio. And I wouldn't do it in the radio station in my office or in the bullpen or in the cube. I wouldn't do it at work. That's where I stand on all this. It has nothing to do with Kaepernick, Marshawn Lynch, Bennett, anyone's skin color, any team, AFC or NFC, any sport. So again, for the brand new audience or those who have been with me for 21 years, I'm firmer than I've ever, 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 ever been on this topic. I love the national anthem. I will always stand for it. I respect your right to protest. I would never in my life protest the flag. If you're going to go ahead and do it, Go ahead and do it. You have the right to do it. You have the right to do whatever you want. I'm just giving you my opinion on this topic so I don't get pulled into black running back, white tight end, um, four by 100, sprinter in the Olympics, oh, swimmer, point. or anybody. I have this firm, yeah. firm, firm opinion on this. And again, Marshawn Lynch is not going to talk to the media, most likely. Nope. <laughs> he might. He might because he's very engaged now in Oakland. Let me repeat. Marshawn Lynch hasn't played a snap for the Oakland Raiders. He didn't play in that preseason game. Saturday, I'll be on the sidelines looking at Marshawn Lynch and looking at this because it's a, it's a big topic to see what he does in his first ever game in Oakland. Can't wait to see that. And he is very engaged with charities in Oakland. He puts money into the city of Oakland. So it'll be interesting to see if he talks this week, Tom, or what happens. But that's my opinion well, on this topic. Yeah, I don't again. think it's too outrageous as people listen closely that you're saying when people go to work, that's where so, that's where there is some gray area when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and yes. Marshawn Lynch and a lot of other guys, actually, but they're the big ones who have uh, knelt and sat over the course of the year. And that is they are at work and a lot of people can't get away with that with, with mixing that when it comes mm -hmm. to the military m Almost half of our military is brown and black. They look like Colin Kaepernick. They look like Marshawn Lynch So I think the military argument is a total loser because about half of our military is non-white That means almost half of our military at some point in their life either with a police officer or some authority figure Has harassed them based on the color of their skin. So I think there are a lot a lot lot of people, men and women in our in our country, serving our country mm -hmm. right now in a military uniform who are black and brown, who relate to some of the causes that Marshawn Lynch I, do. I, I would agree Colin that Catholic some do, about, but I, right. I would say that the mass, 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 mass majority of our military loves the anthem and salutes the anthem. It's part of their job. Uh, yeah, two different issues there. Yeah, but it's part of their yep, job. Yep. And if everybody in the military had that feeling and were taking a knee during the anthem while they worked for the military, it would be They'd a be much trouble. bigger story. <laughs> yeah. 
it would be a much yeah. bigger story than it happening in sports. So again, you can make this a big story or not. It's up to you. But I'm not. I, you know where I stand on this. It doesn't matter who the player is or whatever. I don't make it personal. I don't mock it with Colin Kaepernick. See what's happening here. The reason why everybody's going crazy over this again is Kaepernick went first. He was the guy who did it first right. and got on the cover of Time magazine. If Marshawn Lynch sits in Oakland next week, I don't know if he will or not, he won't be on the cover of Time magazine. Neither will Michael Bennett. It already happened. The guy who goes first in that way is going to get most of the coverage and most of the heat. We'll see what happens. And in regards to this past weekend, because my head was down at another job, this was a weekend where a lot of people expected people to protest at sporting events right. because of what happened in Charlottesville. I don't. I haven't heard from Marshawn Lynch. Here's Michael Bennett uh, of the Seahawks on the issue on why he decided to sit there in the anthem. Of course I'm going to fake backlash. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than football. This is bigger than anything that we have any different. This is about people. This is about bringing opportunities to people, giving people equality. This is bigger than a sport. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really take your accolades with you, but what you can do is leave a legacy that you can continuously give kids the seeds to be able to inspire. I mean, I don't look at myself as a role model. I look at myself as trying to inspire young young children, young people of color, young people of different gender, young people of different sex, whatever they are to want to change their environment and continuously push whatever they think is right. Michael Bennett thought this out really well. He, he really wanted to talk about it afterwards. Two other points that I want to make as we open up the phones at 877-99 on Fox. Two very important points. I and Looney, we're white guys behind the microphone. Right. So this is an issue that everybody can talk about, and we are not experts on this issue. The one thing that people are trying to connect with that makes a little bit of sense with the conversation moving forward. We all knew Kaepernick took a knee. We know the players, the few players who didn't stand for the anthem in preseason. They have expanded rosters, right, Tom, in the preseason. So in oh, the preseason, God. you have 75. I think the number's 90 players, yep. whatever the number is. How come 90s. And a lot of the players in the league are African-American? So the majority of the players right. in the league are black. How come only one black player in this game for the Seahawks uh, sat for the anthem? That's the real big issue. Oh, because, because he's got was, a starting job. Guys have to worry I, I about the job. But there's a lot of other good players on that team. Yeah. Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman. So if you want to have an educated conversation on this issue without just throwing stones and yelling and screaming and this and that, if you really want to talk about it, you have to ask, well, why didn't every African-American take a knee? Or why isn't 30% or 40 or 60 or 70 or 80% doing it? How come it's one or two players? How come after this entire offseason where there was a lot of social unrest over this past weekend, this past weekend was a reason to protest? A lot of people think there's a reason to protest every day. You can, you can protest, sure. uh, thank God, in this country, 60, 365, 24-7. How come one's doing it for the Raiders? Nobody else. One's doing it for the Seahawks? Nobody else. That's the conversation that are people having because there's a lot of sharp guys on the Seahawks. There's a lot of sharp African-American players on the Raiders. Why would one player do it and not another? Because everybody has different opinions. Everybody well, has yeah. different faiths. Everybody has different passions in life. Some people get worked up and want to protest. Others just want to stay people are and, just and people. focus on what they're doing well, in their life. We, we've talked about that. Some people don't yeah. wake up and say, I'm gay, I'm black, I'm Hispanic, I'm mm -hmm. this, I'm, I'm bi mixed race like Russell Wilson. And another thing is a lot of times when people talk about this particular issue, non-whites getting pulled over by police and police treatment, treatment of non-whites, it's not going to get fixed until, until you start 
start talking about how many, mm-hmm. no, how come no white players are sitting down? That's when things start to get fixed. Things didn't move forward with gays until conservatives and non-gays on the Supreme Court gave gays marriage. And uh, things didn't move ahead in civil rights, and not even because black people yelled about it. It was because white people yelled yes. about it. And with this issue, too, when it comes to uh, police treatment of non-whites, until white people start speaking up and sitting down and kneeling like Tom Brady, that's when things will get done. One more really quick point I want to bring up. Here's Jason Garrett over the weekend on Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott getting the six-game suspension for the Cowboys. We uh, suspected that something like this might happen. Uh, We prepared our team accordingly by building it the right way, and uh, we're going to focus on what we we Hmm. control uh, within our football team. As players and coaches, we're going to coach as well as we can, and we're going to play as well as we can with the guys that we have available to us. Uh, A big, big issue there, too, is that this is a domestic violence new policy. I think one of the dirtiest, ugliest situations in the NFL for the entire history of the league is that they did not have a policy in place for domestic violence. From 1920 until 2016. so we all agree. How come they didn't have a policy in place? six years. Well, I think we all agree that the policy, we know what it is. It's in the rules now. It's six games. That's the policy under this commissioner. So unless you're completely innocent and can prove it, and Ezekiel Elliott's not being charged formally. Right. He's not being charged formally going forward unless he can get in front of the commissioner on appeal and prove that the entire scenario where this woman claims she was violated multiple times over multiple days, if he can't prove that it's a complete fabricated lie, which I don't think he can, then there shouldn't be one game knocked off. Domestic violence is very serious in this country. If the charge is there and the issue is there and you have to prove yourself and you're not able to do it in the eyes of the NFL, I don't think the NFL is going to go from six to five, from six to four, from six to three. You can do that with weed. You might be able to fight it with a DUI. You could fight it with something else. But domestic violence, when it comes to that issue, has to be held in the highest regards if you're going to have a policy in place, and this is one of the first times, Tom, Roger Goodell's policy will be tested by Zeke Elliott, maybe with the help of Jerry Jones, and it could get very yeah. ugly and litigious here over the next couple of weeks to get him back on because the field. Because that's not the way America's supposed to work. You're not yes. supposed to have to prove your innocence. They're supposed to have to prove your guilt, and I don't know if they did oh, that Well, that's the thing. Roger Goodell and his investigators uh, believe that they have enough evidence to clearly come down with six games. They're not debating it at all. So Zeke Elliott's going to have to get with Jerry Jones and figure out what they want to do. Be sure to catch live editions of the JT The Brick Show weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Softy Mahler, great friend of ours, one of the best sports talk hosts in America. Really Weekdays, good. 3 to 6.30 on KJR in Seattle. Smoke cigarettes, I love yeah, them. Yeah, he's the best. Softy, uh, I blew this one. I was... 10 feet away from Marshawn, <laughs> but didn't notice because I was standing on the sidelines actually singing the anthem, covering it on TV, looking at the flag. I won't make that mistake in Oakland Saturday night <laughs> when Marshawn plays in front of the home crowd. How long has he been doing this? 
Well, first of all, two things. Number one, I quit smoking. Oh, I've not smoked wow. in months. Oh, okay, so wow. Just to so you've become a follower. That... You used to be a leader. Now you're a follower. Yeah. Okay. I'm no longer the, uh, I'm no longer the cool guy that uh, Looney thought I oh, was, so wow. I apologize for that. Jeez. Number two, it's a, it's, a, it's a great honor to be on my favorite national sports talk show. That wow. will happen tomorrow. <laughs> so in the meantime, I appreciate you guys having me on. I love and that. then third of all, uh, I've never seen Marshawn sit during the anthem. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about, honestly. I mean, I'm not calling the guy a liar. I'm sure I missed something, but I can guarantee you that he hasn't been doing this for 11 years for every game because there's video of him standing for the anthem going around Seattle right now. There's times where he was in the locker room for the anthem and didn't come out for the anthem. There's times where he was standing for the anthem and maybe times when he was, I don't know, on his butt for the anthem. But the idea that he's been doing this for 11 years and nobody noticed it, yeah, that's just... JT, welcome to Marshawn being Marshawn, my friend. No doubt about it. And you got you you covered his career in Seattle, and there were a lot of great moments for Marshawn. Could we missed out the fact that he, along with other players on other teams, are getting treatment, getting taped up, uh, getting hydrated. They're in the locker room because I know that locker room in Seattle and that tunnel for the home team. He could just kind of pop out. Possibly was he doing that over his career in Seattle? Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, there were times where he wasn't out there. I mean, yes. I, I mean, look, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't go to an NFL football game and start counting all 50, 47 active guys and checking to see who's out there for the anthem. But uh, the, the, the idea that he was sitting for the anthem for 11 years in a row for every game, that's not accurate. Again, there may have been times where he wasn't out there. But, I mean, look, I mean, look Marshawn's a weird guy. I, I, I remember at the Super Bowl in Glendale when Russell threw the pick to Malcolm Butler, you guys remember that a fight broke out on the field, a little bit of a skirmish, and Marshawn just left. I mean, there was like 20 seconds left to go in the game in the damn Super Bowl, and he just walked off the field, went up the tunnel, went back in the locker room. So, I mean, obviously the game at that point was 99.99% over, but if Brady takes the snap to kneel down and he fumbles the ball and the Hawks recover up to one and they want to give the ball to Marshawn, he's got to come back in from the locker room to play because he, he had left the freaking game. He had walked back to the uh, back to the Seahawks locker room. So he's an odd cat, but in the end, uh, people just accept him for who he is, and hopefully he'll run his butt off for the Raiders this year. Uh, Softy joins us here on Fox Sports Radio from KJR. What about Michael Bennett? You have great access to the Seahawks, the organization, and the players. Were you expecting yeah. this? Did you get tipped off to him and his protest? No, I did not get tipped off to him doing it. Nobody knew, not even Pete Carroll, which I found a little bit odd that he wouldn't even discuss this with his head coach and just say, hey, just a heads up. Not, not, I'm not asking for permission or anything here, but just a heads up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing this, and I'm going to do it for every game this year. And he, he, he didn't even tell Coach Carroll uh, what he was up to. I mean, Pete was kind of you know taken aback by, by everybody else. But honestly, guys, you know what my reaction is and most of Seattle's reaction is, meh. Whatever. I mean, you know what? After the freaking gong show that we saw in Charlottesville this last weekend. That's true. With those human scum suckers <laughs> carrying tiki torches they bought from Home Depot trying to protect their white culture, whatever the hell that freaking means, by the way. I'm going to get pissed off at Michael Bennett for taking a seat during the anthem. I'd rather see him take a knee. I thought Colin Kaepernick taking a knee was a sign that he was trying to be a little workable with people when he met with Nate Boyer 
Yeah, you know, sitting on the bench versus taking a knee just has a different vibe to it for me. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. It's just maybe a different feel to it. But the fact that he's willing to at least kind of see that, hey, that pissed off some military people, and I want to try to, you know, make amends here and still at the same time uh, let people know what I'm I'm fighting against, Uh, I thought it was a great gesture. So maybe – Maybe Michael does the same thing. But honestly, guys, there's so much other stuff to worry about in this country right now. I mean, the freaking president goes on TV and you know, starts kissing his own butt for two minutes before he even gets <laughs> to the stuff that people want to hear him talking about. I got more things to worry about, honestly, right now, guys, than Michael Bennett sitting on the bench during a football game. Dave Softy Maller always bringing his gas can of matches at 90 at uh, KJR in Seattle and right here on Fox Sports Radio. Softy, teams are never the same. They're either getting better or getting worse. What are the Seahawks going to be doing this year? Getting better or getting worse? Uh, that's a great, great question. Thank you. My God, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to say that they are likely, uh, the averages say they will get worse. The averages say they're going to get worse because they're older on defense. I mean, Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett are 31 and 32 years old. The Legion of Boom, Sherman, Todd, Thomas, Chancellor are all in their late 20s to early 30s. Uh, they still haven't established a running game yet. The offensive line is still being put together. There's only two guys coming back that are playing in the same position they were a year ago, and that's George Fant and Justin Britt. I'd, I'd like to say they're better because they've added Shaq Griffin at corner, uh, and they've added Luke Jokel at left guard, but Luke Jokel was the guy the Jaguars didn't want. I mean, look, Luke Jokel on anybody else's team, we think of him as, pardon the pun, a joke. On the Seahawks, you want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Ode Abushi is the guy that played for the Jets, bounced around the NFL, uh, couldn't find a home, and now all of a sudden we're supposed to look at him as the next coming of freaking John Hanna at right guard. So the offensive line has a lot to prove. The wide receiver core behind Doug Baldwin has to stay healthy. And you got three running backs in Lacey, Rawls, and Prosize who missed 28 games combined a year ago. So I guess the skeptic in me, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. The fan in me wants to think they're going to be better because the run game can't be any worse. The key for the run game this year, guys, is simple. Just don't suck. Honestly, <laughs> as long as the run game is average, they should be a 10-11 uh, win team again and be right there in the mix for a for a playoff spot, if not for a division championship. Nice. Hey, finally, the M's are only two games out in the wild card, uh, five yeah. behind the Yankees in the loss column. Did they do enough or not anything when you saw the trade deadline coming up and teams are dealing <laughs> left and right? How hard were you on the Mariners there in your backyard? Well, I mean, I wanted them to go after Sonny Gray, and then your mm-hmm. team got Sonny Gray because your team gets everybody because they're the Yankees and they have the most money. And oh, blah, we didn't blah, blah. get Cano. Por- don't go, don't go there. You you overpaid Cano to the point where the Yankees said, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, we can't even match that deal." We had to pay Cano. There's no yes. way he was coming to Seattle if not yes. for overpaying Cano. Look, here's the deal. I was all for making a trade for Sonny Gray, and I'm still for making a deal for a guy like Verlander for two reasons. Because, number one, the M's don't just need two starting pitchers. They need three starting pitchers. Number two, when they get to the winter meetings in the offseason, they're going to have to get a starting pitcher anyway for next year. So you trade for Sonny Gray. He's got two years left in his contract. You, you get Verlander. He's got two years left in his contract. You're killing two birds with one stone. And, oh, by the way, you got a guy who can help you right now. I had Mariner fans that were talking about how we can't trade Ben Gamble as part of a Sonny Gray trade because Ben Gamble's had two great months in a Mariner uniform. Well, guess what? Ben Gamble, all of a sudden in the month of August, has a 267 OPS, not average, OPS. 
in the month of August. And this is a guy that, oh, we can't trade him. He's going to be a star based on what? Okay, so I would have I would have made a deal like that. Jerry DePoto, I'm sure, would have made a deal like that. Uh, but in the end, man, the problem is the Mariners just don't have a lot of bullets in their gun in the minor leagues. They really don't. I mean, they got Kyle Lewis. They had Tyler O'Neill. He went to the Cardinals for Marco Gonzalez, who's starting, I think, tomorrow. Uh, bottom line, or on Wednesday, their pitching is shot to hell. This series against Baltimore, you guys are going to throw up. It's Giovanni Gallardo, Andrew <laughs> Albers, who they just got from the Braves, who hasn't pitched in the majors since last year, and then Marco freaking Gonzalez on Wednesday. That's their rotation. There's only one guy in the rotation that was there when the season began, and that's Giovanni Gallardo, the worst of the five. Awesome, Softy, as always. Thanks always. for clearing everything up. We'll do it good. Good luck on your big national appearance yeah, tomorrow. Good I'll luck tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you guys know. Can you can you retweet it for me when I go on to the uh, Jason Smith show? Oh, sure. Yes, I will definitely <laughs> sure. retweet it for you. Take care, buddy. Uh, yeah, Dave Softy Mallor. Be sure to catch live editions of the JT The Brick Show weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It looked like Paulie got nailed sure did. with a couple of punches and did go down. But I, to Paulie's credit, he was trying to be Floyd Mayweather in the sparring session. Uh, Paulie Malinaji is a professional boxer. If he went out there with Paulie's style and fought the way Paulie fights as a pro who's been a successful pro, I think he beats and knocks out Conor McGregor. But he was imitating Floyd's shoulder roll. He was being the jab Floyd Who cares? Guy. He lied well, about what happened. He said it, when they... When yes. They, <laughs> I'm going to get to all that. Okay. Here's Conor McGregor's sound about what he believed happened. It shows his character, in my opinion. He was looking for an exit. The spars were not good for him. He took a lot of head trauma. Straight after it... We were worried. The sparring partners were actually telling us when he was dropped back to the home that he was stumbling out of the car after the 12-rounder. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. No, I, 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 Give I, me a break. They're trying to sell tickets to a fight, but Connor continued on about what this moment was like inside the ring. He was knocked down. He was flattened against the ropes. Multiple times the ropes kept him on his feet. We were worried about him. We thought the worst was, was that to happen. You know what I mean? He was, he was certainly badly concussed. And then he just got out of there and went running. All right, so Connor's and it's trying to sell tickets. Right. And if Connor had a good sparring session with Paulie Malinaji and hit him good, we have the right to know that because there are people out there who are still deciding if they're going to buy live tickets to the fight or if they're going to buy the pay-per-view. I mean, all the tickets, Tom, that are going to sell here in a couple of weeks have not been sold yet. So this is a promotion. And I don't oh, know who yeah. to believe when well, it comes Pauly to this. Well, Paulie doesn't think video. we have the right to know that. And Paulie thought the picture of him on the canvas was out of context. And I thought he com- he protested too much. Now but that also, that's coming out, it looks to me like he shouldn't have said as much as he did. But remember another thing about Paulie. Paulie didn't have to spar. If Paulie found out or knew ahead of time that, look, I don't want the video to go out there. I want to sign a waiver or not. There were certain things that he agreed to when he accepted the opportunity to spar with Conor McGregor. Uh, Tom, I think in the sport of boxing, no one would be shocked if we found out that Paulie got paid a little bit more for being there, wink, wink, or whatever happened, oh, yeah, didn't no, happen. No, there's this no is conspiracy a theory here. Oh, no. stop it. Everybody thinks with boxing it's 1929, yeah. and there's some kind of conspiracy. No, he got knocked down, and I got real chippy about a picture going out, and the way he protested, and the way he got upset, and the way he said, don't believe the pictures, it makes me think it's real.
All right, so that's yeah. the update there. We expect our audience to react every night for the next two weeks before the fight. Okay, that's what our rule is. We don't have a lot of rules on yeah. the show. We like interaction. We want everybody to talk about this fight every show. This is Monday, Monday to Friday, and then the following Monday to Friday when we're on Radio Row and we are there, we're promoting the fight, we're a part of the promotion. We want to hear from everybody because this is a really big circus. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's going to be a great fight. Typically, we have a working arrangement, and we tell you if we like the fight, right? We like fights. I was really high on Pacquiao Mayweather. Uh, we were wrong. Yeah. We thought it was going to be a really good fight. It wasn't. Uh, we're really excited about Triple G and Canelo. We think it's not going to be a good fight. It's going to be a great fight. Hopefully it will be. But this, I don't know what's going to happen. I think Mayweather's going to win easily. But there will be a level of a circus atmosphere to this where anything well, can happen. And I think that's what makes it exciting. And also, you're going to have most likely McGregor making mistakes. When you make mistakes, you go down. When you make mistakes, you get hit, which makes it actually a more exciting fight. Well, the the biggest problem with Mayweather and Pacquiao is we didn't warn people. These two guys are really good, and sometimes guys that are really good don't make mistakes, and that could be a bad fight for a boring fight for a lot of people, uh, not for people who like you know tactical fights like that. For mm-hmm. most people, want to see guys go Connor, down. Conor McGregor will make mistakes. Floyd will hit him. It'll be exciting. Conor looks like he's in great shape. He does the Floyd? We know Floyd's always in great always. shape. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.